When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark London and this is The Leader. The scale of the hunger crisis facing Londoners is being revealed and as winter approaches, head teachers and youth workers say the cost of living crisis is leading many families in London and other parts of the country to increasingly desperate measures. There are reports of a teenager who didn't want to worry his heavily indebted mum by asking her for lunch money, hungry pupils stealing from the canteen or bringing empty lunchboxes to save face, and one head teacher telling how a mother broke down in tears, saying she'd been arrested after being caught shoplifting spaghetti, tomato sauce and a loaf of bread at a supermarket to feed her family. Here's London Mayor Sadiq Khan speaking previously at a visit to Newham Food Alliance warehouse hub in North Woolwich. When I speak to families, what they're saying is the biggest reason why they're making it uh, it's difficult to make ends meet is because of the energy bills. The second biggest reason is because wages haven't gone up with inflation. And the third big reason is other expenses they've got as well. The extent of the crisis is revealed in a joint investigation by the Evening Standard and Independent. It comes as Child Poverty Action Group data shows there are some 800,000 children in England living in homes receiving universal credit who breach the £617 per month government threshold for free school meals. So with the energy bills crisis biting now the nights are drawing in, how are London families coping? We're joined by Sarah Ogilvie, Policy Director of the Child Poverty Action Group. Sarah, what's the current picture in England around child poverty? To be completely honest, I think it's a catastrophe. I think it's at catastrophic levels. Across the country, across the whole of the UK, there's almost 4 million children living in poverty. Here in London, that's about 35% of children are living in poverty. So kind of, you know, well over 600,000. That's higher than the national average. And in some boroughs, it's, you know, well over 40%. You know, it's a huge, huge number of children. I work on this every day, but sometimes when I stop and think about it, it still kind of blows my mind that that's the reality. Another thing that I find pretty sad about the situation is that it's been increasing for about a decade. But when we look at the stats for last year, it dropped down by 400,000 children across the country. And that was because of the £20 uplift to universal credit that has since been scrapped. 
So basically, we know that if you give families more money, that gets child poverty to reduce. But actually, what we've seen government doing is taking that money away from families. So we're in a pretty bad place. What are you hearing about how families are coping right now? All year, I've been telling people that families have got nothing left to cut back on, because that's what they've been telling us. They went through COVID, then we've been faced with this current cost of living crisis. And that all comes after a decade of benefits, cuts and freezes. So family budgets have really got nowhere left to stretch. And the analysis we've been making is that families are facing tough choices. But actually, we're now at the point where families haven't got any choices left that they can make. In really practical terms, families tell us that they're already shopping at the cheapest supermarkets. They're buying the bare minimum that they can in order to feed their families and get by. We speak to parents who tell us that they're not eating so they can make sure that their kids are eating. It was difficult over winter, you know, over summer, sorry, it was so, so hot. But parents, you know, having to buy ice cream cones, having to buy sun cream, just not having the cash to do that. And as we're moving into winter, it's a question of can you buy winter clothes for your kids as we get to Christmas? (laughs) I hate to say it like this, but it feels like for many families, Christmas is going to be cancelled. There might well be lots of love, but there's not going to be a nice meal. There's not going to be presents. There's not even going to be, you know, a chocolate orange or the things that sometimes you'll think of as stocking fillers. All of that is having to go. Families are in a huge amount of debt. It's desperate. That sounds particularly tough on many parents. Certainly. It's incredibly hard for parents. You know that people do anything that they can to make sure that their kids won't go without. But that does put the adults in their life in a very difficult position. Often these are mum and dads who will be going out to work in a minimum wage job. They'll have really set shifts. They'll have no flexibility. It is often hard work. You know, the people who the country clapped for during COVID, but are now having to go to work. They're not getting paid very much to be there. And when they are there, as you say, they're hungry. They might have been up all night worrying about how they're going to pay their bills, how they're going to get the kids the things that they need for school. You know what kids are like? They cost lots of money. Everything that they do costs money. You know, whether it's buying them a calculator or new revision books, whether it's they want to go out with their friends, all of these things are pressures that are bearing on parents' minds. So it has physical impacts but also the mental health impacts are pretty stark too. Do you think the free school meals threshold needs a rethink and if so what would you like to see being done? I think the free school meals threshold is absolutely bonkers if I'm completely honest with you and so in the first instance and even if you're a family living in poverty even if you're a family on universal credit you won't necessarily qualify for a free school meal. In London, we estimate that it's about 200,000 families who are living in poverty don't qualify for a free school meal. I just can't get my head around that being the reality. So certainly there's a case for making sure that all kids who are on universal credit should qualify for a free school meal. I just I don't think that's really something that we should be debating, to be honest. But I do also think there's a really strong case for thinking about why are we making any kid pay to have their lunch when they go to school? If you went to hospital and you had your stay there, you know, you don't have to pay for your lunch while you're in there. So that's kind of a bit of an analogy that we sometimes make. And um, I think it's good for all kids to have their lunch. You know, school should be free. So let's make it free. That would also have a good impact on kids who are living in poverty, because we know that as well as the formal eligibility criteria for a free school meal, which I think should change. There are complexities around registering for free school meals. So it's not always automatic. So you might fall between the gaps that way. And then increasingly, I think as kids get older, there's still a lot of stigma around free school meals, actually. And, you know, loads of schools do things in a really 
kind and sensitive way, but kids still know if their peers and their friends are on a free school meal and that can set them out as being different, which, you know, teenagers in particular don't particularly like in my experience and in my memory. And then there's just things like maybe your pals are allowed to go out to buy their lunch. And if you're on a free school meal, you can't do that because you haven't got that option. But if your friends are also getting their lunch for free at school, there's more of an incentive for them to stay in school. You can all have lunch together so as a socialising thing, as a destigmatising thing. And, and, you know, just as making sure as a way of making sure that kids are going to school and they're going to have enough food to concentrate for the whole day. I think there's a really strong case for it. Just give all kids their lunch at school for free. Let's go to the ads coming up how to access support if you need it, and what 2023 holds. Why not hit rate and follow in the meantime? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Sarah, what's your reaction to reports we've been hearing about the theft of food and one desperate mum resorting to shoplifting a few items to feed her family? I think it just shows what a completely desperate situation so many families are in. You know, if you can imagine yourself in that situation and, you know, it's a situation lots of us could find ourselves in, actually. You know, you never, if we've learned anything over the past couple of years, you never know when some sort of disaster or crisis is going to hit. You never know when you might lose your job or you never know when your mortgage interest rates are going to go up or your rent's going to go up so that you can't actually afford to pay for things but I think this just shows how desperate families are and you know people are doing what they have to do in order to get by and and to me it really really points to the need to government to help these families out things are really really bad at the moment and it's going to be an incredibly hard winter but Actually, if you think about it, and when I speak to families that we work with, so many of them tell us that it isn't just this crisis, it isn't just cost of living. They have been living in crisis for years and years and years. The amount of money that they have coming in through the social security system, through their pay, just isn't really enough for them to get by. And I think families in particular are bearing the brunt of a number of government policies that make it really, really hard for them. And so we have, you know, first of all, I think social security levels are are too low. And that's why families are really struggling right now, because there's just no room for manoeuvre in their budgets. So 
hopefully government is going to raise benefits in line with inflation come April. But I think they also need to look at whether they're giving families enough in the first place. Do you think struggling families are getting the help they need or some are slipping through the gaps, perhaps because they're not confident enough asking for assistance? If you are a family looking for help in London, contact your local authority and look at the GLA website. That will often have lots of really valuable signposting for you about where you can go to to get help. We think that most of the funding and support for families should come from central government, but local authorities do have a role to play and they can tell you about pots of money that they might have locally that they can help you out if you're in um, a really dire situation. Food banks too, if you're there, lots of them can help you to work out whether you are eligible for certain benefits that you might not know about or might be able to signpost you in the direction of your local citizens advice bureau or someone else who can give you that kind of support and information. So food banks shouldn't exist in the UK in 2022. And and, you'll see in the same way that we do that it's not even just the poorest of families that are now having to go to food banks. It's people who, um, who you would think should be able to earn enough money, but in this current crisis, they're not able to do that. Their salaries just aren't enough to see them through. And, you know, it is worth saying that three quarters of kids who live in poverty live in a family where at least one parent is in work. You know, so when we talk about people who live in poverty, it's not people who aren't working a huge number of them do work or if you're thinking about other groups of people who might not be able to work it's often because they're disabled or they're looking after young children so it's quite a a big picture to, to bear in mind there so lots of these different groups of people are going to food banks and so if you're there you can get support with food, but also see if it's possible to find out what social security you're entitled to. Are there any causes for hope on the horizon? The best bit of my jobs and the jobs that my colleagues do here is when we're working directly with children because they really are the future. And when you talk to them, and one of our projects is called Cost of the School Day, and we we go into schools and kind of really understand what life is like for children and barriers to their education and things like that. And the children have got such an innate sense of fairness, such a strong sense of right and wrong. And, you know, they do notice if their friends are growing up differently or having to go without. They know that that's not right. And so I find that gives me a lot of hope that we are going to be able to change things for future generations. There's more on this story in the Evening Standard newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.